Welcome to The Property Couch, where each week you get to listen to two of Australia's leading property experts as they share with you the insider's guide to property investing. All right, folks, you're on The Property Couch, the insider's guide to property investing. I'm Bryce Holdaway, and he's Ben Kingsley, and welcome for another week of The Insider's Guide. How are you, Ben? Good, mate. You? Very well, thank you. That um, is good. What a lot of our listeners might not know, Ben, is we actually, uh, outside of the Property Couch, we run a business together. We do. Um, called Empower Wealth yes. um, here in Melbourne. But um, it's kind of, this, this time of the week's always good because despite the fact that we rattle around in the same building for most of the week, we don't actually get a chance to have a chinwag until we, uh, we catch up on, uh, on, on the Property Couch. That's right. I'm, I'm deep in designing property investment portfolios and plans for clients and you're out there buying the properties... That we uh, that we recommend. Now, I spoke interestingly to an eighty-year-old this week. He was, really? He was in Sydney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ex-property valuer, ex-real estate agent. Uh, he's got a place, uh, a principal place of residence that's doing very well in the Sydney conditions at the moment, about yeah. one point nine. Nice. He's got one million dollars outside of the family home in cash, plus four hundred and fifty thousand dollars in uh, a term, term deposit. Oh, and he said to me, uh, he goes, "I want to invest my money. Where should I invest it?" And he'd already had uh, Brisbane in mind. And he goes, the reason I want to buy in Brisbane is because I don't have a 10-year outlook. I've only got a three-year outlook. Yeah, good point. So <laughs> timing the market's important to him. But it, 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 there are a lot of people. I mean, here, here's the interesting part about what, what I observe in that is that here's a valuer who, who's obviously got a lot of understanding of property but potentially hasn't executed other than his principal home because he's probably had paralysis by analysis or he's so close that he can't see the wood between the trees. Mm. You know, like that's the that's the classic story and there's so many of them. Or what about agents that you run into and they've in their journey they've bought 12 or 15 homes and you say, how many got left now? And they go, oh, no, no, I sold them. You know, I thought the market was peaking and so I got out. I'm like, seriously? Mm. I mean, property shouldn't – it's not a transactional asset. Mm. You know? mm, mm, mm. The, the ins and out costs are extraordinary, so I, I don't understand it. So it's amazing that, yeah, those sort of people can't do that. And now, obviously, with term deposits and, and really low, um, you know, returns on investment in the in the sort of banking sector, it's – we're seeing more of that and we're seeing, you know, from self-managed super fund side of things as well, people are coming to us. Um, other companies use our services and refer to us as well around people who've got 450, 500 in TDs, term deposits, and they're looking to sort of, you know, move that out of those, but they're not necessarily thinking a bit too much risk in the in the share market space. Mm. So they're thinking residential property yeah. because it's, it's obviously well accepted that it, go, it goes all right. But it's such a shame. He had so much knowledge. He understands cycles. I was talking to him about the, uh, you know, the Sydney peak of '01, and, and he was yeah. all over it. He knew his cycles. He knew it well. He'd, uh, you know, he'd done he'd, he'd done some stuff because you can't be an eighty year old with a uh, two million dollar principal place with a million in cash for. You can't do that unless you're savvy in some in some sense. And he's he didn't yeah. go into too much detail about how he yeah, um, how got to the journey. got to that point. Yeah. But uh, I found him fascinating. I uh, I quickly realised that. Um, uh, that he, you know, in terms of his advice that he needed, he, he, he really just needed someone to help him execute because he had some really yep. good background. Yep. But it's a shame that you can't get someone like that in schools and let them talk to your kids because mm. he has loads of stories. He loves a chat. He obviously liked the interaction and, uh, yep. um, you know, he was really realistic about what he could do. But it, but it goes back to that sort of same sort of theory around looking after households and, and each household unique and each household is different and teaching them some fundamentals, which mm. is what we want to do today, isn't it? It is. 
It is. Now, uh, one of the things with our podcast, for our regular listeners, they know that this is kind of the, um, you know, next week is the uh, building on the week before. Um, but if you've just stumbled across our podcast and you're sort of starting from some of the latter uh, episodes of the podcast, uh, Ben and I was chatting just before we started recording just to uh, encourage you to actually go back to the beginning because for those people that have actually been listening each and every week, you, there's actually a, a foundation that's being built on. Whereas if you're uh, coming in towards the latter end, some of the concepts that we're talking about might um, might sort of seem a little bit, um, what's the word, kind of... Uh, no All con- advanced, no, maybe. Advanced yeah, or no context. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no context, advanced. Yep, I think that's a good way of analysing it. And then so the idea, listeners, is to just pop back to the start because when you listen to a podcast, and Bryce and I listen to other people there's great podcasts out there so it's a great way of learning um, and educating yourself so um, what it normally happens is once you finish episode 65 then episode 64 starts if you're at the at the end of that so what we're saying to people is in, in our particular case um, given we're what episode 16 mm-hmm. um, it's best to you know if you enjoy this episode start from the start because there's some fundamentals that we've already unpacked and and today's another session where we're going to unpack some really critical fundamentals as well Speaking of the start, um, very good point, Ben. Um, the first one is we fix bad property investment advice was our initial one. That's a, yeah, that's it, was a bold, it was a bold statement. Um, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a lot of people who come to us who have got a portfolio that's underperforming or they've they've bought a dud, their mm-hmm. first one, and, and they still see people other, other people making money out of property and, and they come to us to try and see whether they can rectify that. So usually it's a case of poor structure, in their lending side, but it's but the fundamental one is the asset selection. It's it's a dud, you know. They've bought a lemon, so we've got to re- re-engineer what we can do around that work, and in terms of you know finding them a, a better selection and a better way of finding good property. So in terms of fixing bad property investment advice, the ideal scenario for us through these podcasts is to give people information that um, fixing potentially bad property investment advice. So hopefully they actually haven't pulled the trigger. Before they start, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and so they can make better decisions. But there are some clients, you know, we've got clients where we're just um, uh, recently helping uh, a couple who are on to, we're helping them buy their fifth property yeah. in the first four in mining towns and their um, their equity situation is mm. heavily negative. So that's a, that's a situation that required a little bit of um, life support. And I'll, I'll add to that. So um, how long have you been in the business now for Bryce with us? Uh, three years. Three years. Well, so there you go. So when Bryce came in, he obviously came in with a wealth of knowledge. And so Bryce and I sat down um, and we basically wanted to build a framework. Um, you know, Bryce is fantastic on these types of things, whereas my my headspace is normally in the clouds in, in sort of analysing and fundamental analysis and statistical analysis and other things that I'm doing. So what we what 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 I loved about this concept is when we're playing with other people's lives and we're playing with their money, building out a a, a process. And we're, obviously the business has been you know very successful, and we've built out a process. But refining that process that it's consistent, but allows us to tailor solutions to each client was was the foundation of that. And again, you know, as advisors, as professional advisors. Um, we carry risk in terms of looking after people's money, so we've got to get it right every time. And so this framework is what people pay thousands and thousands of dollars to us for, and you're getting it as an insight in this podcast right now. Yeah, we're trying to give out as much information as we can for free so that people are actually doing uh, making good decisions because the property investment industry has been good to us, Ben. It uh, has. So it's a chance for us to be good to the property investment industry, and uh, that's give for back. the listeners to judge. 
Um, ben, if you build a house, mm -hmm. um, you, you put the footings down, then you put your framework up, then you you know you push your walls, put the building, then you you do everything um, in terms of your fit out internally. Yeah. You can't start with the fit out first. You no, gotta, you got to do right. you got to do the footings first. And the the point is, when you go to the hairdresser, they're going to wash your hair before they cut it. Uh, when you go to the solicitor, they're going to ask you some questions before they give you advice. There's all these professionals that have a process that they follow. Um, uh, your accountant has a process. Professionals need a process to follow. But the, the challenge with property investment is that most people, uh, in our experience, in our observation, um, they don't actually follow a process. They, they get caught in what I call the microscope of um, property investing, and they don't take the time to look through property investing through the telescope. So we thought we'd talk today about the five essential steps mm -hmm. um, that any investor, whether they're a first-time investor, whether they're an experienced portfolio builder, whether it's the 80-year-old that I was talking to during the week, everyone has to follow these steps in order um, to get an optimal uh, outcome. They do, and, and I think, I mean, I, I'm just looking at it now in terms of, because obviously it's part of one of our brochures um, and it's part of our process that we go through. And, and I think, you know, down the track through these podcasts, we could we could spend a lot of time in each one of these. So, so we will do that. But for this podcast, because the first, you know, uh, two dozen podcasts that we're trying to get out into the marketplace is, is building that baseline knowledge, that entry-level knowledge that you absolutely need. Because in reality, paying for good advice is a brilliant thing. And I, and I know you were talking about the analogy of building a home. In reality, if I can go down to the hardware store, I can buy the I can buy the bricks, I can buy the wood, I know that I've got to basically build some studs, some frames, and I've got to put some 45 angles together, and eventually I'll get a pitched roof, and I'll put some bricks around the outside. But if I try and do that all myself, um, I'm going to make mistakes, I'm going to have to rework it, there's going to be time delays. And that's why most people go and seek professional advice because they, the good ones, the smart ones know they're going to eliminate the, the mistakes. And so let's, let's get into it. The first one is clarify. So uh, when we talk about our first two points here, what we're talking about is understanding the individual or the household's opportunity or potential. Mm -hmm. Now, my big story here is um, I was at a dinner party once and, um, you know, people asked me about my business. And there was one particular person at the dinner party when I said, honestly think I could change every household or every person's life that I come in, in contact with. And that was around money management and around property. And they said, oh, no, that's impossible. You know, not everyone can afford to do what you need to. And I said, I believed, and I, and I, so I didn't get into it at the dinner party. I thought I didn't want to get the vibe down, but I absolutely felt that's wrong. Mm. I actually, even if you're on welfare, even if you're, I still think there can be some money management tips and there's some things that we can actually do to help people. So from that point of view, um, everyone has that opportunity, everyone has that potential and our role and what we're doing now here in this podcast is about coaching you and getting that potential out of you. So the first point is clarify and what we mean by clarify is we're absolutely collecting information about your story and your story not only from a financial perspective but also from a personal perspective. We want to understand what money will do for you. We want to understand your goals, your dreams, your aspirations, the challenges, the concerns, the anxieties that you're feeling. You know, you've heard me say before, your state of wallet plays with your state of mind. So once we collect all that information, and if we only have a baseline understanding of that information, it's useless. So we want to get down into the layers. What do you spend on your car? What do you spend on utility bills? What do you spend on phones? What do you spend um, on gym? What do you, where, where is all your money going and what's left at the end of the day, which is part of that 
you know, ABCD that we've talked about previously in the podcast. So, so that's what we're trying to do when we get all the information and then where do we take that information, Bryce? Well, the, the interesting part about what you just said then is um, quite often I have someone come in to me and as a buyer's agent, the first port of call is, look, I want to buy an investment property. And I'll sort of try to say to them, can I, because I'm, mm. I'm naturally trained to try and understand the client as best as I can. Yep. And quite often they're quite defensive. No, I don't want to tell you about my spending. I don't want to tell you about what I'm doing. And like I can actually go and facilitate a transaction. That's easy. It's mm. just transferring the title from one person's name to the next. That's that's the straightforward part. And we see heaps of buyers agents who do just that, don't yep. they? And and financial planners, same thing. Yep. They're guilty of, all right, if that's your circumstances, this is what we've got left over. You want to do some managed funds, bang, let's do them. And I just find that that's, that's dangerous and, you know, I, I just feel it's, as it's, if It's actually no, not fulfilling because I've, no. I've facilitated transactions in every state and territory in this country as a part of my role with yeah, um, you know, being a property investment advisor for the last 16 years plus you know, location, location, location mm. in Australia. Um, but if if it's just a transaction facilitation, that's okay. We can do that. But yeah, um, Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, one of those habits begin with the end in mind. Yeah. And so really at Clarify, we've got to begin with the end in mind. And in my experience, most people don't know what the end is. Mm. They've got a dream, but they don't have a goal. The dream that's is it. financial freedom. I want to be wealthy. I want to have loads of money. That's the dream. Yeah. But what's the goal? How much by when? And so for us, it's about finding out what their short-term goals are. Maybe it's just to get out of a bit of credit card debt. Yep. And then the long-term goal is I want to make $75,000 passive income without getting out of bed by the time I retire. And so for us, that's once we can understand that better, we can then do step two, which is evaluate. Yeah, so when we get into the evaluate size, this is where we get into the numbers, um, where we start crunching numbers around, um, you know, assess and analyse. And how we do it in, in Empower Wealth is we measure cash flow movements every month for the next 40 years. Now, there are people who might do a back-of-envelope calculation on what they can afford today and what they think they can afford tomorrow, but the real science, the real art, is understanding that cash flow. And I can tell you why from a property point of view, is if you don't, if you can precisely measure those cash flow movements, you can be more accurate in the recommendation around the value of the property you're buying and what performance you need from that property, mm. as opposed to the novice or inexperienced rookie and investor, they'll just go, oh, "I just want the best return," you know, and not understand the science around yielding properties versus cash flow growth properties. So, for us, um, getting to that nitty gritty um, gives a lot of confidence to the user as well in terms of the client around making sure that they say, well, I can afford this today. And, oh, you know, it's it's interesting that you mentioned that because we were thinking about starting a family. Mm. So, so many people put off investing and wealth building until they're in their 40s and 50s and they've got to scramble. Mm. Whereas you could have actually still potentially achieved a property investment mm. whilst also, you know, buying your own home, whilst also having children and it just means it's different. It might be the normal asset that we go for or whatever it may be. But you're away, you know, and then you come up for air, um, six or eight year kids are now in, in primary school, you've got a bit more time, the cost of childcare and nannies and all of those things or, or whatever have dropped away and now you're ready to go. So from that point of view, it's just it just makes our job as professional advisors so much better. And, and for you, if you're thinking about being DIY, you know, you've got to understand money sitting on offsets. What does it do for you? Global portfolio positions, global cash flow positions, tax impacts of every step that you're making. 
they can't work that out. No. I mean, I, I remember when we built the simulator software back in 2007, it took us two years to build mm. because we wanted to get it right rather than just looking at each property in isolation. And if you think about that uh, simulator, um, it, you know, you, you, trying to get that information is tough because if you do your budget, most people do their budget on an Excel spreadsheet, which is fine, which is f- effectively month to month. Mm. Trying to project forward, there's some, there are some software in the marketplace, but when it comes to property investment, it's um, in isolation Correct. silo. So yep. you buy one property, you want to buy the yep. second, it treats it in second. Or you might go to a financial planner or whatever, and they've got um, X plan. They've got their sort mm. of proprietary software. But there was there's three areas that we need to cover. We have talked about this in previous podcasts, but you've got to cover the basics of food on the table, um, yep. money in, money out. Keep the lights on. Second thing is you can, hopefully with your surplus left over, you've got something to. Um, put it towards most people put it towards lifestyle let's be honest yep. Um, yep. But, but a select few put it towards assets or debt reduction and then the third area you've got to master and monitor is the the uh, the bucket list mm. um, the the things that you want to achieve in life correct big rocks in the jar as I like to call them you know if you've ever heard or read it in my articles and any of the publication magazines and so forth it's you know property yeah we, yes we we you know, fundamentally do property investment every day. But I'll give you an example. Yesterday I had a great couple come in. They've been fortunate to get an inheritance and they're thinking about, you know, what, what their next step is. And then they're comfortable in their family home. But the reality is is they've, that, that it's a townhouse. Mm. And now they've got this inheritance and they're sort of thinking, well, do we invest it or do we buy the family home? And, and so it's, a, it's again about peeling the onion layers back and then getting to the nitty-gritty. And we really did establish that a family home is the best thing for them to do. So we are now going to analyse whether we can keep the existing property, turn it into an investment property, and buy that family home that has the backyard and so forth. Because there's no benefit in having a, a property that's that's just going to sit there and not be happy, you know, or to have money in the bank mm. and have no fulfilment. Mm. I mean, you know, there's other cases. Of, and it was her uncle that, that built up this mega wealth and he'd be at home sitting in front of a heater with no lights on. So sometimes, again, it's the psychology of mindset, and we'll talk about that another day in terms of investing. But, yeah, that's that's the, the session that is step two, which is the evaluate. Mm. Once we can evaluate that, that's when we can really start to show how a plan can get them in on that journey. Agreed. So, folks, this is uh, we're going to get to 20 minutes very, very quickly, so we're actually going to... Uh, we're going to just break this up over a couple of weeks. Yeah, we're going, to, we're going to do it over two parts, so we'll keep going and we'll send this out to you as part one and part two. So we, we're, we're respectful that uh, sometimes you can only digest 20 minutes at a time, but there's lots of really good information here, so we will sort of keep pushing on because I think it's really valuable to sort of tie together some of the concepts that we've done prior. But uh, So that's the clarify, the evaluate. Uh, third step is planning, Ben, and um, that's where... We think that most people find it difficult to put mm. a written plan in place to actually um, know what they're going to do. So in the absence of that, in my in my experience prior to us being involved in the simulator that we use every day, mm. um, it was essentially, do you have equity? Yes. Therefore, you should buy an investment yeah. property. That's your strategy. And, and if you don't, have you got a self-managed super fund? <laughs> yeah. If anyone ever asks you, have you set up a self-managed super fund when you're talking to a property investment advisor, or a, a real estate agent or a marketeer run a hundred miles. Yeah, I mean, isn't that them automatically trying to sell you something as opposed to advise you on something? Mm. If you've got a self, if you've got super money, make sure you speak to someone who's qualified to give you advice on the pros and cons of setting up such a fund because it's very dangerous. 
Yes, no, there was uh, it was interesting. There was an article this morning I was chatting to Ben just before we uh, started you know, pushing a record here that uh, one of the leading industry figures in the um, mortgage broking space suggests that the uh, the challenge uh, that the SMSF space has right now is 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 the property spruikers. And we have had a chat about property spruikers, but uh, his sort of left field suggestion was that uh, SMSFs should be restricted to not being able to buy properties less than two years old. I don't know if that's the answer, <laughs> but, it, but it's an interesting commentary. It is ultimately the property spruikers um, and that essentially probably this conversation today is born out of um, you know the prevalence of the property spruikers because mm. you know there are there are a lot of really good advisors in our, our industry you're yep. part of PIP you see lots of them we, we bump into lots of them throughout the country so there are yep. some really good guys around guys and girls yep um, but all, it's, all the good ones are members of PIPA and if you're not a member of PIPA and you're listening to this broadcast and you are ethical and honest and trustworthy go to www pipa.asn.au and become a member because we're going to continue to keep throwing this message out there to consumers of buyer beware. Now, if you play... Or that was interesting. You almost forgot the website then. I saw you... I was sort of thinking <laughs> that. Of my head. It came out. It came, <laughs> it out, came right. out very well. So the, the trouble space for property investment is usually in the new or off-the-plan stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, that again is not saying that we need to put everyone in the basket of being a spruker who promote new and off the plan. That's not what we're about. There are some some, yeah, some new stock and some some off the plan stuff that uh, could deliver good returns. It's a ma- it's about understanding the agenda of the person who's giving you the advice. And and they may only have a few things to to offer you, but understand, dig deeper, ask questions. It's not just about population growth and it's not just about bling or, or tax. You know, if that's if that's their three weapons of trying to convince you that it's a good investment, um, dig deeper or move on. Yeah, now there are some good guys out there who do deal with uh, the brand new stuff. It's just the point is that uh, just having awareness around how they get paid, uh, what their agenda is, so that if you make a decision to buy through one of them, you just, you've got your eyes wide open. Step one, clarify. Step two, evaluate. Step three is the plan. Mm-hmm.